Inside Sports Dead and Goal podcast. I'm James Smith and joining me this week, uh, my special guest is rugby league legend George Rose. How are you going, mate? I think you're a bit uh, bit kind with the legend <laughs> status there. I'm, I'm going great, mate. Talking to you today from Rugby League Central, are you just able to outline what it is you do at the NRL these days? Yeah, so um, I've been working at the NRL pretty much since I retired, um, so, so nearly going on three years now and um, my role is as part of the Indigenous strategy team. I work in um, community and player engagement, yeah. um, and it crosses over a little bit with the with the wellbeing and education stuff that happens here at the NRL as well. So, oh, yeah. I, I pretty much work with all of the Indigenous players in the top squads uh, across the NRL. So wow. this year we've got sixty two players uh, yeah. across all teams, and um, I work with them. And I'm, I'm, I've also started working with um, some of our elite women as well. Um, you know, it's it's obviously a new space in the last twelve months, uh, where they're pushing it more towards a, the professional side of things. And yeah. um, you know, if that's going to happen, we also need to make sure that we've got the services and and resources there for them as well. Yeah, yeah. So, um, what's your particular? Uh, um, what, what do you offer them as far as help goes? Is it just dealing with the day to day life of playing professional footy and and being in indigenous and and the challenges that that throws up. Yeah, well, it's 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 a bit of everything, really. It's 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 quite a mixed bag. I um, um I, I do feel quite blessed that I do what I do. Like I'm I'm still around football and uh, getting to spend a lot of the time with the players. But the focus for me is on what they're doing off the field. Yeah. Um, I guess kind of making sure that that they're being the best person that they can off the field to make them the best person they can be on the field. Right. Um. So any opportunities around education or training. Um, that I might have access to. I'm always sharing with the boys. Um, financial advice, we, we've got access to some, some really good um, uh, financial planners and stuff like that who have been approved through the RLPA. Working closely with the RLPA as well. Yeah. Um, and, and just on all, all the matters off-field that, you know, help them to be achieving off the field as well, I guess. Oh, that's good. And then what are some of the um, issues that come up for players which maybe, you know, outsiders might not really think about, like... Um, you know, a day-to-day challenge that you might help somebody with? Um, look, it, it, it can vary. Um, so at the moment, it's the, there's follow-up stuff from All-Stars. Yep. Um, so we had our Indigenous players camp leading into All-Stars and then um, and then obviously there was the All-Stars week. So on the back of that, we've got our leadership group will be meeting in the next two weeks to debrief on everything that happened there. Right. Um, so, so we've got a, a group of six players who, who are part of that leadership group and um, to get them together and have a voice on behalf of the players to help decide what I do in my role as well as any issues that come up in the game, whether it be um, racism, um, opportunities for um, Indigenous representative teams, um, pretty much anything really. Different courses that, that the boys might be interested in. Yeah. Um, obviously, the other thing I mentioned before is around the finance, and um, that's an, an issue that's sort of come up recently is that a lot of the young guys want to do better with their money, which is, you know, is, is great for me to hear. Um, so, so being able to provide the opportunities for them to, to speak to people that they can trust. Oh, just practical stuff like that. It's interesting. Yeah. 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 yeah and and you're, you'd be good at this role because... You're a real good people person, aren't you? Like you're a, a really good person to reach out to and then in turn go searching for help where it's needed. Well, yeah. funnily enough, the worst thing about it is that I'm I'm the one who ends up shouting the coffee every time. If, <laughs> I, if I've got a one-on-one catch-up and it's always like, oh, let's go and grab a coffee, yeah. 
I end up being the one that's that's shouting. These are these are the blokes who are who are on the NRL contract. <laughs> my my NRL contract days are well and truly gone. <laughs> but I, I'm here um, reaching in for that extra four dollars eighty or whatever I've got to pay for these fellas. How does that work? Well, oh, you need to fix that. I'll t- don't worry, I'll be getting them back over time, and it'll, it'll come back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, and your other claim to fame lately is you're a massive television star. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so over the black dot, that's going to be firing up again this year. Yeah, know? yeah, I'm really excited actually that the that the show's back on. I was, um, it's always a nervous wait when you when you're waiting to find out if if we're going again because the last <laughs> two years have been um, r- really enjoyable for me. It's it's the type of show that that I'm really you know proud to be a part of i'm really happy to be a part of yeah um i think the the conversations that we have on there are, are the type of show that i'd like to watch so it's um yeah it's, it's good that it's coming back we've got yeah. we've got a different bit of a different setup this year okay. um i think we've got a five five member panel yeah um but obviously you know some of our favorites are all, all coming back so um, Jaden Perry's heading up the show this year. Yep. Uh, Tamana Tahu, Bo Dela Cruz, Owen Craigie, Scotty Prince. Yep. Um, there's a lot of lot of uh, rotating people that'll be involved in it, and um, but I'll be anchored down the end of the desk, keeping okay. them keeping them all in line. You know, like the like the front rower down the end of the desk, locking in the pack. So <laughs> yeah. um, I'll, I'll keep them in line. No, that's good, and that's on NITV. And it'll be on on what nights? Live on on Tuesday nights. I, I think we're, we'll be going at eight thirty every yeah. Tuesday night, starting from after round one. So yeah. um, anyone who, who likes watching people chat about the footy um, and, and some some genuine footy analysis and yeah. and genuine footy banter, then it's probably the show for them. We we don't really um, get caught up in in much else. We just like our footy and we love to have a yarn about it. Yeah, yeah, and and but like these days, people are really looking for alternative views, whether it's through podcast or or those sort of things or blogs and you, did you did your show have a bit of a slight different slant on things yeah well look i think being on on nitv we've got a heavy indigenous flavor so our whole yep. panel is is indigenous um and and so a majority of our guests um and then the guests who who aren't indigenous obviously we we still have um, an indigenous lens on our on our interviews that we do with them, and and being able to share different people's connections um, to indigenous communities. So, so for example, a guy like Gavin Cooper from the Cowboys, who um, I hadn't had a lot to do with prior to, to interviewing him for the show, and managed to learn out that learn that he'd um, he'd grown up in around Aboriginal community and okay. actually played in a in an Aboriginal All Blacks carnival up in Cairns one year. Did he? Um, yeah, he was up there on his end of season trip and uh, came across the the Sherberg boys that he knew from back home, and wow. um, they managed to rope him in to, to have a game in the All Blacks carnival up there. So, so um, yeah, you're not going to get that. You're not going to get that on the no, mainstream not. footy yeah, show. Like, yeah, so it's it's them yeah. sort of conversations where we can. Um, delve into into different stories that you're not going to hear anywhere else. Delving into your rugby league experience, like um, where are you from, and, and like when did you become involved in the game? Like, what's your, what's your earliest memories of footy? Yeah, so I am originally from Walgett, northwest New South Wales, yeah. and that's where I played my first game of footy. I was four years old. <laughs> well, um, I think I touched the ball once, and I, I'm pretty sure I ran out when I got it. Um, but it was it was. For me, it was the most exciting thing I'd ever yeah. experienced. Like as as a kid, I watched you know my older brother, my older cousins, um, my dad, and my uncles all play footy, and yeah. um, 
really, you know, loved watching what they were doing and wanted to do it myself. And um, so when the opportunity came, you know, at four to, to start playing, you know, I was I was happy. You know, I, we obviously we didn't wear boots then. It was um, it was either barefoot or, or socks, but. Um, yeah, that was that's my earliest memory of playing. I still remember the first try I ever scored. I think I was six years old. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was playing at um, we we're playing at Wee War at the time, um, and I remember getting the ball and and it was just like the seas had parted for me. It just opened up and I just ran for it um, and, and scored my first try. And um, yeah, from there it was it was no turning back after that. Really, it was you know I got the taste for it and yeah, yeah, um, yeah loved scoring tries after that. Which team was that for? Um, I was playing in Narrabri at the time then. Okay. Yeah, yeah. so, um, yeah, I, I was pretty lucky as a junior. I got to play against the likes of, of Jamie Lyon. Um, he was he was a Wee War local. Yeah. Um, and we used to have a good clash, so I was a Narrabri, a Narrabri boy, and he was Wee War local. And, uh-huh. um, yeah, I, I like to tell him that I, I used to get the better of him, and he knows that I did too. But um, <laughs> he really kicked on to have a great career, and he's, he's, he's ended up being one of the, the best players that I ever got to play with. So. Oh. Um, yeah, our, our rivalry started early, but yeah. Um, yeah, some of the best memories of, of, of footy were, were some of the early ones for me. Oh, that's great. Were you a big kid back then? Did you have size on your side? Yeah. Or, I, is, that, I, is that what you liked about it? I, I was. Well, I think I was, but I was. I was a little bit bigger. I wasn't... Um, yeah, I, I was actually I was actually really fast back then. Fair enough. So yeah. I was a try scoring freak <laughs> well, yeah. as a youngster. That's why it's so hard for me to explain to people that yeah. in the twelve years that I played NRL, I scored ten tries. That's painful for me. It scored to be one year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty so you... much. It was one year where I scored six tries, <laughs> and so it's um so that's painful because as a junior, I used to love scoring tries, and that was my thing. Right. But then I just turned Gosh. into this um front rower who you know doesn't get to do that well where did you want to play when you were a kid um well like my favorite players were always the the outside backs and you know guys like i followed the dragons as a kid so um you know ricky walford and nathan blacklock anthony mundine all of them flashy fast exciting players that's um that's who i used to watch and who i who i wanted to be like but um you know as i grew I, i grew into a a different shape that wasn't really built for for backflips and, and length of the field tries. <laughs> so, so it was yeah, it was tough. Blake Ferguson's trick the other night. You yeah. would have been able to. <laughs> oh, I was so impressed by it. I I, I tried it myself, but yeah, my back still killing me. Yeah, didn't didn't get all the way. No, that, that's great. Uh, oh, terrific. Um, um, and so, what was your journey through the junior grades like? Was it? Fast and meteoric, or was it a slow burn? And and then one day someone discovers you. Like, how did it go? Definitely a slow burn. Um, as I mentioned, I played played against uh, Jamie Lyon as a young fella, and um, by sixteen, Jamie Lyon was playing New South Wales reps. He was living in Sydney, and yeah. um, he debuted first grade by the age of eighteen, and was playing for the Kangaroos a year after. So um, he had a meteoric rise, whereas yeah. um, I'd gone to I'd moved to Bathurst, gone to high school in Bathurst, and um, I was just playing local footy. I, I made the local regional rep side, but I never made any New South Wales or, or Australian rep sides as a as a young fella. So yep. um, I think my thoughts of, of rugby league at, during during that high school era was that I thought that I'd just play local footy, go to university in town, and um, keep playing for the local team, and and that would sort of be my life. But I, I loved it. I love love playing footy. Um, I was still doing pretty decent for the local side, 
Um, and I, I got picked up by a guy named Mick Leary from Penrith. He mm-hmm. came down and um, he signed three of us from, from our side because we had a handy handy weekend side. You know, we'd been knocking Thames off for a few years. and yep. um, So he came down, signed us up and uh, took us down to Penrith. Um, so I, as soon as I finished high school, I moved down to Penrith and, and started uni down there and um, started playing in the junior reps. And... Um, it was a it was an eye opener because we went from you know we used to turn up the footy training and we'd play we'd play touch footy for probably about half an hour we'd play force and backs for for another ten minutes and um, then maybe we'd do twenty minutes of of skill stuff and then finish with another game of touch footy or whatever yeah so it was um it wasn't exactly the the tough regime that you experience when you when you're in the you know the, the representative system in in Sydney so it was an eye opener it was it was very tough and um, <laughs> the guys who I came down with it broke broke a couple of them but um, you know I managed to stick it out and just over period just kept kept pegging away so I, I played SG ball then I played flag the following year and then um, got to start with the reserve grade side the following year after that for Penrith for Penrith yeah, yeah and. Um, we actually made the grand final that year, and we got we got knocked off in the grand final. Um, but we we had a pretty handy side, and I signed with the Roosters towards the end of that year. Yep. So that was I was still wasn't training full time or anything. Then I was working full time and and playing, and um, I signed a full time contract with with the Roosters. So uh, two thousand and four, um, I, I ended up making my debut that year. I only played one game that year, but. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I got my debut, played five games with them the year after and then um, went and signed with Manly where, you know, I really solidified my career and yeah. ended up playing 140-odd games or something for them, winning a, winning a grand final, um, you know, won a few awards there, got the Clubman of the Year and the Player of the Year a couple of years and it was really ended up being my home, I, I think, you know, during my, my NRL career. So I was there for eight years, which was, yeah. which was solid. Oh, you're a club favourite there now, <laughs> for sure. No, you are. Um, and so what, what do you remember most about your um, NRL uh, debut for the Roosters? Um, the thing that I remember most, I remember, um, well, I remember I had something like um, like 70-odd tickets that I had to get for the family who came down to watch me. I, I debuted in Newcastle and... Um, Okay. I was just sitting on the on the bench, and it was just it, it was really surreal for me to to think like, you know, I was about to actually play NRL because I never considered myself an NRL player. Like I was, yeah. you know, I was a footy player. I love playing my footy, but I just never thought that I was one of them guys that you that you watch on TV. Yep. Um, so yeah, it was it was really weird for me, and I, you know, I got out on the field, and and Michael Crocker's passed me a ball from dummy half, and and Brad Fittler's telling me to get a quick play of the ball, and. <laughs> It's like, you know, who am I? Where? Am I? What am I? What am I doing here? You know, everyone, everyone who's watching you is trying to put themselves in that spot. So yeah. it's so interesting for you to say that, oh, but that's how you actually felt. Yeah, it, it was. It was dead set crazy, and I got. I got the ball, and I look up, and I think it was. At the time, it was like Tony Butterfield. Um, no, not what's his the big bloke Parsons. Oh, okay, Parsons, uh, Matt Parsons. Matt Parsons. Yeah. And he was in front of me, and he was like. You know, he was nearly seven foot and, was, you know, he had a reach like... There was no way that I was getting around him, so I had to try and put a little bit of feed on him just to get a quick play of the ball. And yeah. I, I remember that was my... That was the thing for me is that I, you know, I you know, I got my first touch and, uh-huh. um, you know, it's like at the end of the game, it was like everything was a blur, but while I was out there, you know, to, to be 
returning in the defensive line and you got, you know, Anthony Minicello telling you, you know, where you've got to go. And it was just, it was really surreal. Like, uh, I, yeah. But did, did that give you confidence as well? At, like, to, to know that you were in this thing now, you must be good enough to be there. But you got Freddie and Minnie yelling stuff. You're part of the unit. That must make you feel pretty good. Oh, yeah, yeah, it did. But I, I still, you know, I still didn't quite have my confidence. And I think that's why, um, you know, I probably didn't play any more games that year. Okay. Is because um, I was very confident at a reserve grade level. Yeah. Um, but still to, to put myself in the position of, you know, being on the same level as, as these other NRL level guys, um, that took me a while to, to believe in myself and, and, you know, have that capability. All right. And did the journey, and, and did that particular journey continue at Manly? Definitely. Yep. Definitely. And I, and I think that's where where it was solidified is is um, the relationship that I had with the, the staff at Manly. Yeah. Uh, so Des Hasler, Jeff Tuvin, Noel Cleal. Um, Blocker, Blocker Roach was actually there too uh, when I first turned up. He was part of the coaching staff. Um and uh, and Donny Singe obviously is is you know the the probably the greatest trainer that I've ever had who who I really you know was able to relate to and was able to um, he was able to get the best out of me so um, the relationships that I had with those guys helped me you know build my belief in myself and and grow into the player that I that I ended up becoming. Yeah, what what sort of player did you become in your eyes? Um, because you weren't rampaging, were you? Like you did have that little bit of step about you, didn't you? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was. Uh, I think, um, look, I, I ended up playing, uh, you know, mainly the impact role for, for Manly. There, there yep. was a lot of opportunities where they, um, where they wanted me to start, but we had some, we had some really good forwards. We, good you know, so, so the whole time I was there, Jason King, Brent Kite um, were, were there the whole period I was there. You throw in guys like Josh Perry and, and Joe Nullivar who who came into the mix, Mark Bryant, other guys who, who, who sort of came into the mix during that period. Yeah. Um, and, and we always had a really strong group of middle forwards. Um, so for me, I was never really looking to, to start. I, I was happy to, to let Kingy and Kaidi do their thing and me come off the bench and, yeah. and make that impact, provide the opportunities for everyone else. Um, you know, it was it was what I what I enjoyed doing. I loved I loved hearing the roar of the crowd every time that I that I came on the field or took a run because, you know, it just made me think that they're obviously noticing how how much I'm putting into this carry. So every time I carry the ball, I'm going harder next time, and um, just just for the roar of the crowd, like it was just um, yeah, it was it was a feeling that you know I, I probably will never get again in. You know, anything that I do in my life going ahead. <laughs> Go I'm, I'm never going to have 20,000 people, you know, cheering for me to, to you know, do whatever I'm going to do in my next <laughs> next move. <laughs> oh, that's that's wonderful. That's great. And so, yeah, and, and so in that magnificent year where you scored, um, was it 10 tries in one year or was it... I got, I got six tries. Six? It was five, five games in a row that I scored tries. Yeah, oh, right. And then I missed a, missed a game and then I scored in the seventh game. So six out of... Out of seven yeah. games. Well, do you know? Have you often thought about that period and thought, far out, whatever I was doing then, like, yeah. that must have been working. I, yeah. I wonder what it was about about that. Yeah, it was. It, it was a period where I, I just think everything was was really on for me, and um, mm. the the way that we were playing, the game plan that we had, it really suited me. Again, coming on in that in that impact role, um, there was guy. It was when we just had a had a flood of of young guys come into the squad as well. So. Um, the likes of um, 
of Kieran Foran and, and Daly Cherry Evans, Will Hopawadi, all of these young guys coming into the squad, and it just gave everyone a boost of energy. Oh, right. Um, yeah. and, I, and I think after a period of, um, especially when you're, when you're a successful club, yeah. um, it's always good to get an, another burst of young energy to, to um, keep you on your toes and, and keep you excited and keep you focused on, on winning again because, um, like you see, it's hard for teams to go back-to-back with titles because it's hard to keep that hunger it, you know, churning because you you put all in the hard all the hard work in, and then you get your success, and then it's hard to back it up again the next year. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, because you've actually you've you've got you've done it. You've, yeah, you've done what what, yeah. what you've been waiting your whole Everything life for. Everything that you worked for, you've finally done it. Yeah. yeah, and so you need those young players to who haven't had it yet. Yeah. to push you um, through it. Yeah, well, that's a good insight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so so you had a, a ball at Manly. Like who were who were your, your really favourite? teammates like your, your best mates there oh look it'd be hard to it'd be hard to you know name one player Fair enough. I think as a squad as a squad it was just a it was a really good vibe that that team that team team had like yeah. um you know from from the Stewart boys to you know Anthony Wattmate Steve Maddai, Jamie Lyon, Michael Roberts like you could that's just that's just naming the outside back I could go through <laughs> the team list um, everybody had a, a, a unique characteristic that they brought to that squad that, that everyone either loved or hated, yep. but loved it because they hated it. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you, you know, like having that dynamic, having that, that squad that we did yep. and, and everybody fitting in the way that they did, it just made for a really good time to be there at that club during that period. Like mm-hmm. it was just a really really good club to be at and and the other thing that was unique about it was you'd go onto the field and you'd know that you could win every game you know even when a team scored a try against you you you, you wouldn't you'd never feel defeated you, you always knew that you know that's six points that we can we're going to claw that back you know we're going to we're going to kick off we'll bash them i'll get back i'll get a i'll get a good carry i'll get a quick play of the ball for for Chucky Watmo, who's going to make another 20 metres off the back of it, we'll kick into the corner and then we're just going to all get down there and going to absolutely bash him into the corner, oh, yeah, yeah. bash him into submission and then um, it'll turn around. You know that that's going to come. Yeah, and, and if you watch the game, even if you just watch it for long enough, you know that that's going to happen just looking at it going, oh, yeah, yeah, Manly's got this or yeah. Rissers or South have got this. You yeah, know, you just tell. and the only game that, that ever went against... That feeling that I had was the 2013 Grand Final. Mm-hmm. I, I remember coming off the field, we're up by 10 points, and um, I think there was only 20 minutes to go, and I was coming off, and I was like, how good is this? I'm going to win another Grand Final. <laughs> it was like, I'm Sorry, getting, I'm getting my bonus, I'm going to get another ring, where am I going to put this ring? What am I going to do with my bonus? I'm like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to take a holiday, I'll take mum on a holiday. And, and you're thinking this, as the game's still going? 20 minutes to go, I, I knew I was done for the game, like I knew that we'd reached our, yeah. our interchange, but I knew that I'd contributed enough that we were that we were there. That good's a big and, and, and a taste. We're, up, we're up, up by 10 points, nobody beats Manly when you're up by 10 points. Yeah. And then... Two forward passes later, and the Roosters at home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here we go. I couldn't believe that one. Um, you still got the man of the match, though, didn't you? Didn't DC get man of the man of the match? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, see, we deserved it. That's right. I was saying that. Rewrite yeah. the books. Um, so every everybody is supposed to hate Manly. Now it's the Roosters more so. But what's it like? Can you pull the curtain back for us? What's it like to be playing for a team? 
that is supposed to be hated? Like, how, how does that affect the group? Um, do you know what? It didn't really affect us because um, over in Manly, we're loved. You know, like if you, if you live on the northern beaches, it's really like you're living in a separate country town that's separate to the rest of the city here. You, you go over the spit, and then that's another that's another world over there. But in that in that little area over on the beaches, that's where where it was sort of our domain. And you come to Brookie Oval, you come to Fortress Brookie, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're you're going to get some get some shit thrown at you. You know, this yeah. is this is this is a hostile environment where you know we we're loved. We've we've got twenty thousand people there who absolutely love us. So, um, yeah, that was that was the experience for me was was how passionate that our Manly supporters were when we're in Manly. So, you know, we I suppose when you're successful, you 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 do become hated anyway by a lot of people because you become the benchmark. Yeah, and that's what we sort of were for a long time. But I think because we were so focused on ourselves, you, you didn't really notice the the hate from from other people. <laughs> and like I said, we always had our supporters to, to back us up anyway. So yeah. they they took the fight on for us. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, no, that's great. I've just got two more questions. Yeah. Um, uh, and so you had one season at Melbourne, which yeah. which um, is supposed to have been really like a hard slog and all that sort of thing is that what it was like is that is that is it like what's it like down there is it like another another planet it's, here? it's yeah. definitely another planet it's <laughs> um uh, like that was my introduction to, to afl down there too is like okay. yeah. is is just you walk around the streets and there's afl jerseys everywhere and stuff like that and it's like who are you people don't you know what footy is like yeah, haven't you heard of your drugs? yeah <laughs> <laughs> it, it was really different but it, it was a great experience for me too because um i think the melbourne storm football club is is one of the best run football clubs in rugby league and mm. um i think if them guys were based in sydney i think they'd have people lining up to to turn up and play for them because the staff that they have there um you know they're they're outstanding they're they're really good people like i i um i didn't agree 100 percent on the way that they play football um you know i i prefer a different style of football but it's successful what they do breeds success for them and has for a long time and um you know craig bellamy is you know one of the smartest and and nicest coaches that i've ever come across he's also one of the the most evil when he gives you a spray is that right but he's he's got a solid spray in him yeah. what, what sort of does he get oh, like does he cut to your vein it's or... yeah yeah it's like it's yeah, I don't know. It's like as it does, it just cuts straight through you. Because when you meet him, he's yeah. a lovely fella. He is an unreal person, yeah, and I yeah. couldn't, you know, I couldn't believe how well I actually got along with him. Okay, um, you know, but as I said, like when he <laughs> when he gives you a spray, you feel it and you know it, and it's it's um it's it's good to think about after it's happened. Yeah, but while it's happening, you yeah you don't want to breathe. You don't want to <laughs> you don't want to look anywhere else you don't want to move an inch you don't want to you don't want to flinch but um yeah a great experience for me to go down there but but just wasn't wasn't suited for me right okay yeah fair enough yeah and you finished it at the dragons so you said that you, you followed as a yeah. kid that must have been a bit of a buzz it was it was because I, I was gonna i wasn't gonna play on i was gonna come back to sydney and and, and wrap it up yep um at the end of the storm season um and and then you know the opportunity come the the, the dragons kept calling and i thought well look I'll, I'll go down and i'll meet with them see what they're about you know blah 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 went and met 
Paul McGregor and just got along with him really well. Yeah. Got along with him great. Loved what he was trying to do. He was trying to rebuild a club that had been through some really tough years and he wanted to wanted to get a bit of oomph back in his forwards and, and, and that's all he wanted from me was to, to come down there and, and you know get some get some mongrel into the forwards. Come on, be an impact player so that his fantastic forwards that he already had could do their job. But then, I, I you know, I'm just a bit of a wrecking ball to come down and, and you know, put a bit of a dent in, in some of the other teams. And, yeah. Um, and for me, obviously, like, opportunity to play for the club that I supported as a kid, I was yeah. like, what, what better way to finish my career, you know? Oh, but, but it, it would Spend a year as a dragon. Yeah, yeah. that must have been just... Almost like yeah, not work. Like this is oh. the, the, the little the little kid inside you. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. So to, so to be down there and like even all the all the staff and the people that are involved down there are all former players. So yeah, um, you know it was it was a buzz for me to to be around these blokes that I cheered for <laughs> for such a long time. Yeah, um, and then to to actually wear the red V myself. Um, was was really cool as well. Like I, you know, I got to play for the club that I supported as a kid, and yeah. um, you know, perfect way to end my career. I think is is to spend that year there. Oh, that's good. And, and what um, what was your last game like? Was it like when did you play it? And yeah, yeah, it was good. It was good. We we um, did you just finish the season round twenty six or whatever? Or like? No, no, it was it was the first week of the finals. So the Dragons had to hadn't make the made the finals in years, and that was our goal. Yeah. So we, we made it into the eight yep. and we played the Bulldogs at ANZ Stadium um, and we should have won that game. We we played really well. We we dug really deep um, and it went into Golden Point and the Bulldogs kicked the field goal to win the game. What year was this? 15? This was 15. Oh, so because you didn't win, the cows got in, didn't they? And they had that run, is that right? I think so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. So the Cowboys sort of owe us that. that <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but it, you know, for me, it was a great way to finish. I, I, mm. I threw everything I had on the field that night, and um, I had, I think there was about fifty odd family members in the crowd that night that that came and watched me. I just had my little boy, so I got to get a photo with him out on the field. He had <laughs> yeah. his little dragons jumper on, and um, so so it was good. You know, I, I got to finish on a, on a really good game that I know that. Um, I gave my all to, and um, and we went out, you know, losing by field goal in um, in extra time. So, um, so it was good. It was good for no, me. No, terrific. Just one more question. I'll let you go. Um, what do you? How do you reckon it's going to go at Manly with Des back um, running things? I think it'll be good. I think I think the culture that that was around when Des was in charge of the club was a really good culture it suited the northern beaches it suited manly it suited the club it suited the players yeah um and, and i think that's something that that over time is going to be reinstilled into that group yeah um I, I do think that the current squad isn't the squad that that he would want to be able to you know get the best out of what he can do as a coach um but i, I think the next couple of years when he can recruit um, the team that he wants, I think that, that there's a good opportunity for the club to turn turn around to be you know as successful as it as it once was. Oh, okay. Um, but there's in saying that, like that's that's no disrespect to the to the current playing squad. There's a lot of fantastic players there, and there's some great yeah. young talent coming through, um, which is being unearthed. You know, you've got the it's it's almost it's almost like it's nearly the manly of old with the. Trebojevic brothers being like the Stewart brothers. <laughs> it is, you know, isn't it's it? like second rower and yeah, a fullback. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So um, having guys like that there to be able to build build a team around, 
Um, you know, Cherry's still there at the at the head of the head of the squad. Um, he's experienced. He's and he's playing good footy at the moment too. He is, yeah. Yeah. So um, I I, I, th- I think depth is probably going to be the biggest killer for him this year. But yeah, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what Des can do with him. No, that's great. That's yeah. great. And um, so we'll let you go. So um, over the black dot. Yeah, NITV um, Tuesday Tuesday, Tuesday so. night so I think the first show will be the 19th of March right straight after round one so we'll be breaking down the games from, from round one and, and talking about the upcoming matchups and um, yeah having putting our own little spin on everything so anyone who's looking for something different to, to watch if they're, if they're tired of the same old shows feel free to come and tune in to Over the Black Dot and see my beautiful big head on the screen <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> Thanks very much, George. Thank you. Mate, thank you. <laughs>